0: You're listening to episode 32 of the Simply Sabbath podcast. Rest doesn't have to be a four-letter word. If you feel like you're about to break from exhaustion, let me invite you to Simply Sabbath, a podcast for the burnt-out Christian mom who longs to get back to the core of who she is and to reclaim the deep joy and stabilizing peace Jesus has for her in her every day without the mom guilt that often accompanies self-care practices. Hi. My name is Rachel Fehrenbach, and I help busy moms just like you add a simple, rest-filled family Sabbath to their week so they can experience a refueling that gives them exactly what they need to live the life that God has called them to. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Let's get to it. often women come to me and they ask, how can I Sabbath when my life looks like fill in the blank. And I often say to them that Sabbath changes from season to season. It doesn't have to be one way. And so to stop thinking about it being this big unattainable goal of like, it's got to be so perfectly set up and just start where you're at and start with what your family situation, your seasonal life, what it allows for. And that's why I'm so excited to have Melissa on with me today. We're going to talk about how her Sabbath practice has ebbed and flowed over the years as different seasons of life have demanded her Sabbath practice to look different. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, Melissa. Thank you for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation.
0: So before we get into it, I want to make sure that you guys know a little bit about Melissa. I've met Melissa through an online writing community called Hope Writers, which you guys have heard me mentioned many, many times because I love it so much. Um, But Melissa actually just recently published a book like in the last year, right? In 2020. Yes. Yes. In the midst of all the crazy, you pushed forward and and released that book. And that's that's amazing. That's so inspiring. Um, But you are a writer a wife, a mom, and an encourager of women. And Melissa wants to show you how to cultivate courage in your everyday ordinary life. And by sharing her personal story of transformation, you'll recognize how to apply the grow it principle and live out your own courageous transformation. So thank you again, Melissa, for being here. Um, How about we start with you just telling us a little bit about your family and yourself.
1: Well, uh, I am very fortunate to live in bright and sunny South Florida, just a mile from the beach, (laughs) which was really a dream of mine to get to. So I was born in South Florida, but my family and I moved here 11 years ago from right outside the Washington DC Beltway. So I often introduce myself as having two body clock time zones. I have Beltway time and I have Island time and you can kind of, (laughs) and and I think that works with my Sabbath life because my Sabbath changes depending on (laughs) what body clock I, uh, I have on at the moment. So I've been married for 22 years. I have two young adult children. Now we just became empty nesters and I am a very active and involved aunt of two very, um, energetic nephews. They're six and seven. So we kind of had weekend kids many weekends out oh, of that. That's
0: Vermont. fun. That's a lot of fun. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I've always lived a little bit far away from my aunts and uncles. so I didn't quite have that opportunity. So that's really neat that you have that. So tell us what does Sabbath mean to you? Define Sabbath for us.
1: Well, to be really simple about the term Sabbath to me, it's any block of time set aside for spiritual rest and renewal.
0: I like that definition. That's good. And what does Sabbath, like, what does your Sabbath, well, actually, no, let's stop before we dive into your Sabbath practice and what it looks like. How did you even start practicing Sabbath? What was your journey?
1: Our journey really began, uh, more than about 15 years ago, we own a real estate brokerage and the real estate industry by nature is very fluid and it is very, um, fast paced. So you're really looking at people wanting to have access to your time and -hmm. your calendar to do work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, when we found ourselves with young children driving separate cars to church on Sunday so that we could go, get to work appointments, <laughs> you know, I really, it, it wasn't sitting right with me. And I said, something has to stop. So, at that point in time in our life, we said, okay, no working on Sundays, which was a huge.
0: Yeah, um, that's big. It,
1: it, it was a. A, a big paradigm shift for us. And we literally, we had employees at the time. We said no working on Sundays. That means we don't want you to take any client calls, no open houses. We want Sunday is for church family rest. And we started to do that. So we moved open houses on Saturday, which make, you know, the sixth day of the week, even fuller, but that, and we set our voicemail and said, I'm sorry, we don't return calls on Sundays, we'll be back to you on Monday. And Did you have was really, pushback? actually we didn't, we got a lot of praise for it. And really? I think that people felt, um, you know, like that was a really impressive thing that mm. we put that out there. And also, um, they felt then that they didn't have to chase it down mm-hmm. on a Sunday. So yeah. I, I think that it worked well with that. Um, but it was hard again. It's kind it, it is very much like a tithe that it's an act of faith, especially when your first step into Sabbath is because there is actual work that could be getting done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea you mentioned about the sixth day, I think sometimes we, um, in our culture, we're set up with this mindset of like a five-day work week and then two days of rest. And it's really, it's almost counterintuitive, but it's like, it's a biblical principle, right? Like it's like woven into the creation story, like six days of work, one day of rest. I don't know about you, but I know like if we try to take like two full days off and we're not like on a designated vacation, like I'm just talking like everyday weekend, by like the halfway through the second day, I'm like. like, I feel like I got to go back to work and do something. And I think that when you start practicing Sabbath, you almost release that need for two days. Like you almost release that like, oh, I need a full weekend. You're like, nope, I can fill up my one day out of the weekend with work. And it sounds like that you guys said, it's more important to us to have six full days and one day full day of rest than to try to shove everything in throughout the whole week.
1: Yes. I do think you become efficient. It's that, I can't remember that rule, but as much time as you have, you're able to fit your work in. And I think it does make you steward your working hours Mm -hmm. um, because we're not, we're no longer restrained by daylight anymore. I mean, -hmm. we can fashion our own daylight indoors (laughs) and, and keep it going. Um, But I do agree with you because even even to have really an orthodox Sabbath, they the meal prep has to go on. So if you're thinking about if you are a family that you do have a nine to five job, then you're like, okay, sp- kids sports, birthday parties, meal prep, lawn work, house mm-hmm. chores, get it all done on Saturday. Then you really have created a six full days for yep. yourself.
0: Exactly. So. so after you guys started practicing a... Sabbath for your business, how did that translate into your personal life?
1: Gradually, uh, of course, then we had Sunday morning church, which doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, to keep it real, it doesn't always feel very restful, especially if you're serving. Um, if you have young kids, just getting them there, that's not a very restful journey, but I'm so
0: glad you said that because I think, I think if we're all being honest, Sunday mornings can suck. Sometimes <laughs> like, they really do. Everybody is just, it's just, it just does. <laughs> so very rarely do I find a mom that's like, I love Sunday mornings hustle to get out to church. I know so I,
1: I really do try to look at young moms when I see them now coming to church and your job is just to get them in the door. I don't mm-hmm. care what they're wearing I don't care if their hair's brushed, like just check them into kids, men, and you get you get what you need for your hour (laughs) Um, because it is it's the reality. We're still even to attend
0: church Mm
1: -hmm. is countercultural for us in, you know, our the generation and place where we live in the United States. So So true. I think anytime you're going to push against the grain of culture, it's you're going to have to fight for it.
0: That's an interesting perspective. I never thought about it that way because I have thought like, why is it so hard to get out the door on Sunday morning? Like we get out the door every other day of the week. Like why is Sunday morning? But I think it's that you're right. It's it's pushing against the grain of something. It's, it's headed to something that's not a cultural norm. It's, it's really truly saying, okay, I'm setting aside this time to worship God and there's going to be resistance there to it. So mamas, you're, you're fighting the spiritual battle when you're getting out the door in the morning, but maybe yes. just reframing it a little bit will help you.
1: <laughs> yes. And you're doing good. You're you doing good. Connected. Every
0: step you're taking, you're doing a good job. Exactly. So you started slowly implementing the Sabbath practice. So when you started considering what it would look like, you had to consider this idea of church and how that fits into your, your rest. And what happened next?
1: So I do find that at the beginning, we slowly started to say, we did take a hard line with sports and we said, we're not going to sign up for any sports that play on Sundays. So at least we got it down to that Sunday morning block. And then we did try to have as much slowing down and as leisure as we could, at least for the second half of the day where you felt like at least you could get a little bit of nap in. And again, at, at that point, it was more about creating a discipline of no than Mm. it was in particular, spiritually, very renewing. My Sabbath now can be 30 minutes long and I've been in the presence of God and I feel very restored. Mm -hmm. So that's a journey. First, it begins with, let me get some structure around setting time to say no to everything else. And then I think as that becomes um, easier for you, you've kind of done that first step, then what you put in that time Mm -hmm. again, and then also the trajectory of your spiritual growth and what your Sabbath looks like, I think is going to be very fluid. I mean, I'll go to a silent retreat now for Right. several hours. And I can tolerate that. That would have been not very <laughs> enjoyable for me 15 years ago. It would just be too much. So well, I, I wonder always,
0: too, I would say start small. Do you think that the older you've gotten and the more you practice saying no, that you've created more margin in your life and more space to hear that voice of God. And so it comes a little quicker. You can enter into it a little bit faster, for lack of a better word, because you've practiced the saying no, you've practiced focusing your attention, you've practiced eliminating distraction. So you don't have to have a full day necessarily to focus in your time because you've been practicing it year after year, the saying no and creating that space for you and God to reconnect.
1: I would say yes, in part. And also self-awareness. So Mm. I'm very self-educated on what is my natural spiritual bent. So I really Mm. am practicing a rule of life for myself. So I understand how I connect with God. I know how to get there faster because I've explored that if I set and I was like, oh, if I started right now and I'm like, I need to read one chapter of scripture and I need to, you you know what I mean? I need to build the Instagram photo of what someone (laughs) says. Sabbath is like, that's not going to work for me. Now I can go and I can spend an hour and a half on a beach walk and I can listen to worship music. And that's been hugely restorative to me because I'm a naturalist Mm. and because I connect in worship and because it's, you know, it's outdoors and mm-hmm. I feel very connected to the ocean because I was born on an Island. Yeah. <laughs> These are, you know, but that, yeah. and that's the chemistry of what my Sabbath time will look like and change or knowing that I'm an Enneagram seven. So I actually need to practice silence mm-hmm. that works with my personality disposition. So mm-hmm just those kinds of things i think you grow and you learn more about what's going to work for you
0: yeah over time it makes a lot of sense and i do believe that the more you understand how you are uniquely designed and gifted the more you can engage with god right through that you know like i think that we sometimes dismiss our unique design and our unique gifting in our outpouring of worship. We think worship has to look a certain way or Bible study has to look a certain way. How do you grow your faith? Well, if you ask somebody, how do you grow your faith? It's always read and pray, right? Read your Bible and pray every day and you grow, right? But I think when we dismiss how we're uniquely designed and uniquely gifted, we forget that there's purpose in that. To live out God's kingdom call on our lives, and that's an act of worship. That's a living act of worship, you know. So I think that's really, really important. What you just said about that, I liked this. Well, two questions. One, I want to circle back to the sports thing. You said that you guys made a hard fast rule about no sports on Sunday. Does your kids ever feel like they missed out with that? When
1: we started. I think they were probably young enough that they they weren't old enough to really give pushback. So okay. we never got on a track that we couldn't stay on.
0: Okay. If that makes sense. Yes, you caught it like early enough that you could cultivate what it was going to look like in your lives and it just became part of your your rhythms.
1: Yes, and I would say okay. we are a very athletic family. Now occasionally my my daughter would have uh, she ended up getting very involved in synchronized swimming and oh, swim at the junior olympic level. So every once in a while she would have a meet but there wasn't it that was like two or three times a year. That okay. was not every Sunday. There are some sports that they want to schedule practice or even there could have been a time where someone said Hey, we're going to do our practices on Sunday. And we, and we would say, we need to be put on a different team. We don't do practices on Sundays, but um, so it can be done. I understand that if you have a child that's older and they're already on a track, then you, you figure out an, you figure out something else, but we had to make some kind of hard decisions for our family, just to fight against the pressure of the seven days, 24 hours a day, availability to everyone else.
0: Yeah. I love that you just said the availability. I think we often think about ourselves as being, you know, in our this is due yesterday mentality, you know, like, oh, and the fact that people can get a hold of you on your cell phone, text messaging, email, all the things, instant message. And we forget that our kids are almost in the same boat as us at the teenage level. And there is almost, a sense in our culture that they should be at the drop of a hat able to do whatever practices, whatever games, because they're on this team. And so I, I think it's really important for us as moms, us as parents to ask what, what do we value as a family? Do we value this day of rest? And if so, then we need to fight for it. And so and let's talk a little bit about that because you and I were talking earlier about this idea of fighting for a Sabbath rest. How does that show up in your, your life, this fighting for it? I will
1: speak to right now. So mm-hmm. depending on what my schedule is for the week, if I have, if I start to have that feeling, so that feeling is I need some time away. If I, if I'm mm. starting to feel like that, like it kind of feels like you want to escape somewhere.
0: Mm.
1: Yep. Um, if you're feeling like your nerves are a little frayed, yep. you are starting to disintegrate from wholeness. Yes. So what, what we typically do is we then want to cope,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: So we're going to go to food, beverage, Netflix, yep. uh, maybe something else. I don't know. Those are my top three that I would go, (laughs) go through. Actually, mostly it's going to be sugar. It's going to be sugar and binge watching probably Hallmark (laughs) channel. Oh my my goodness. You just described my night last night. It's been a stressful
0: week and I totally did (laughs) this,
1: but it could, it could be shopping for somebody. It could be Mm -hmm. something else, you know? So when you start to have that feeling, you're like, ah, something's not okay, I'm not really getting my needs met and I'm, I am moving out of wholeness and off of my center. And mm-hmm. when I know I'm starting to feel like that, I look in my calendar for extended time that week. When do I see? So I'm thinking, okay, I have three appointments that haven't been set yet. I'm looking at the weather. Again, like for me, if I get to go on a beach walk that was about an hour to an hour and a half. That is very, that's a deep deposit for me. I, some seasons I've been able to go weekly and I went the same time every week
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: hasn't happened for months for me now. That doesn't mean I haven't had a lot of spiritual rest. It just didn't look like that. So I'm like, Oh, where can I find that deep I want to make a deep investment because if I'm feeling like this and I know I've got something stressful coming up on my calendar and it's big and I'm working really hard. Um, where can I get to for that? I mean, we just, we ha- just experienced a big life transition with dropping, you know, 50% of our family yeah. moved out of the house yeah, and the needing to be, I- I'm in a transition. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that? going to look like. My husband's like, what does that feel? Our marriage is transitioning. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I anticipate what my practice is going to look like is going to transition. Now, if I couldn't find that big, deep chunk, which thankfully I got, it was awesome. So this week I, I probably have to work six days because next week I'm leaving to speak at a weekend retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've got some deadlines I'm working at and I'm already thinking it's, I'm going to sit down in peace and quiet for 30 minutes and be still and just have some time of solitude and quiet. In particular, I have one candle that I light. So the scent is, it does that memory work, that mm-hmm. sensory memory work that it, it also gets me there faster. Yeah. Sometimes you might even see me roll through my kitchens at, at my desk is set up in our kitchen and okay. if I'm feeling a little stressed, I might just go over and not even light the candle and just smell it mm-hmm. because it's going to bring me somewhere into rest if I feel like I'm getting really annoyed. Yeah let me, yeah. Let me take a little sniff of my candle so <laughs> if I can be nice, be nice to these humans. So um, so that's kind of how it works for me to find the the time there was a season in my life where I homeschooled and I, we only did field trips on Friday. And for me being around something new, a lot of times it was outdoor, but I got to travel. I call it getting off my dot, which for me is I, it helps me embrace perspective on my life and and experience gratitude for what I have when I come back. So those are the kinds of ways it's moved in my life. Mm. I'm sure I will have a season of life where it might be that I might say, all right, this year I'm going to do a 24 hour real scheduled Sabbath. But typically if I take something on, I'll be like, I'm going to do that this year. Cause it's going to mm. line up with this year. It's not in perpetuity.
0: Right. Right. Hmm. There's so much, so much gold in what you just said. I loved everything you were just talking about, mostly because I feel like it just highlights the freedom we have in engaging with God on a weekly basis, engaging with him in ways that are true to who we are and engaging in ways that we know we can connect with him Mm -hmm. in deep ways. I also was wondering, as you're talking about you, you practice on Sunday typically, right?
1: Uh, Yes. Sunday is now turned into a really good day of rest for my husband and I, at least several hours on a Sunday.
0: So for instance, in weeks like this, where you're going to be going and talking at a retreat for the whole weekend, will you move your Sabbath practice to another day of the week? Or will you just skip it and just
1: I actually, um, I probably will end up skipping it because I probably won't have a block Mm -hmm. of time. Now the retreat is, um, the theme of the retreat is prayer. So I will also get, a prolonged time okay. in prayer practicing presence even though i'm leading the retreat which say, yeah. which will ha- i I will be wearing a little working weight on my shoulders but i'm i'm sure it will be restorative and i will have an hour or two downtime on the saturday of the retreat so i'll probably take a walk or something
0: and it also seems like you kind of well you mentioned you're an enneagram 7 so It also seems like that, that like going and speaking and serving and doing that probably like fills you up a little bit more than somebody who's maybe more introverted and introspective. Like they might not, they might hear, go speak at an event and think work, 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 work. And you're like, I'm going to go speak at an event and I get to rest in that, you know, like that's going to refuel me in a way that it might not for somebody else.
1: Yes. Yeah. Being married to an introvert even with my husband, he will, what Sabbath would maybe look like for him is he will take, he power naps. So he will do a combination of a little bit of rest and just laying still Mm. and maybe listening to scripture in his Mm. work day, if he's feeling really exhausted. So um, he probably Sabbath's more by getting those little you know, blocks of time. And, but we're working on, I said, you need to practice stillness. That's really what you're, what you need in your life. It's going to help you.
0: Yeah. That being still is that's important. So right now, what does Sabbath look like in your life? Like we talked about these different seasons and what does a what does a typical Sabbath time look like for you?
1: Typical Sabbath time right now is something midweek. So it's either going to be a prolonged time with a deep, in a deep friendship. So we're gonna have an extended coffee, we're gonna have a lunch, um, some really great conversation again, cause I am an extrovert, but it's, this is going to be with a spiritual friend so mm. there will be dialogue about what God is doing in our life. So he's there in the mix. It's not the same as like self-care, right? You know, It definitely is. Um, there's always a spiritual component. So it's going to be some block of time midweek that is very loose where times not rigid and constrained and pressured. Mm. So I feel like where would maybe could eat in 30 minutes to an hour. I can have an hour and a half to a two hour lunch or coffee that with a fun. friend. Could look, could look like that or it could look like um, that being a dinner with couples because we're trying to incorporate that. Um, and then we're gonna have a good chunk of time probably late on a Sunday afternoon where we have our own personal quiet time space from one another. The house is quiet and we just can be still and quiet and enjoy. So I might read during that time. I might just rest and be quiet, um, but I'm not, my brain's not thinking or working or planning. We don't Mm. have the calendar out. I'm not thinking about time. It's just a space outside of time where time doesn't have that same, you know, rigid synchronicity of keeping me on track. Instead, I get to go outside of that constraint.
0: Mm -hmm. So good. Do you and your husband connect in any way during your Sabbath practice? Like you talked about connecting with friends and doing some like individual connection with God and just enjoying just enjoyment of, you know, however you want to rest. Is there anything that you two do together?
1: I would, I wouldn't really say we're good about that, but we also work together. We are together like 24 hours a
0: day. Okay. Do you enjoy that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, we've always, we really have only had very short segments of seasons of life where we haven't worked together and and he's done a lot of officing out of the house. So we've our family has been together a lot um and we enjoy our kids together and we so we keep a lot of those same rhythms and because I'm an extrovert and he's an introvert it's actually probably best that we don't practice Sabbath together because our needs are very different mm. especially I would be very tempted to use words and he will not want that to happen <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that
0: <laughs> you're like yeah the Probably not the best for us. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, what kind of challenges do you, do you run into when you're trying to practice Sabbath? Oh
1: my goodness! Well, it's always a desire to get there. Mm. There's always going to be something that wants to interrupt um, the time that you want to take and when you want to take it. So, I mean, even if I sit down for 30 minutes. There's going to be a text message. It's going to come. So I just, I'm going to leave my phone in another space. I don't hear any ringing. I'm not going to worry about it. There's no email. So things like that. Um, That's probably the biggest challenge is people wanting to invade the time.
0: Mm, People wanting to invade the time. And it goes back to that. We've got to fight for it, right? We've got to say, nope, this is putting a line in the sand. You shall not cross, right? Exactly. (laughs) How has practicing Sabbath changed your life?
1: Practicing Sabbath has really helped me understand how to be whole Mm -hmm. in God's presence and to identify when I'm drifting from that. So instead of trying to cover something up, you know, a coping skull is to design to suppress feeling where the goal, part of my goal with Sabbath is to bring those feelings that I'm not enjoying or um, I need to investigate into time with God. So mm-hmm. I can, it, what it's really helped me to, to do is know what that looks like for me and how to get there fast. So mm-hmm. even if I'm stressed out in a situation, I could be in a meeting and someone has said something that they don't know that I want to cry in the inside. Mm-hmm. But because I have practiced Sabbath and being in God's presence so long, I can pray in the moment, in a space, and experience restoration and not act out from that happening. Right. Um, I'm not, I don't have to take that with me out of that situation. Right. So, that ability to restore quickly um, by being in God's presence, because I've practiced being in His presence over a long season of time and understood. What can that really look like for me and how has he fashioned me so that I can get there really quickly when I need to, and to, to know, oh, you need, you need some time.
0: Mm -hmm. For the mom, who's just beginning to practice Sabbath, what kind of tips do you have for her?
1: I would definitely advise to start small, start small and Practical, like 30 minutes, I'd say 30 minute goal being 30 minutes sometime in the week where, you know, that you can have silence solitude. If you want to be in scripture or you, or you want to listen to worship music or your, your favorite, you know, cozy beverage candle, the environment, whatever I would, I would set, uh, create a space and a place 30 minutes. And Give yourself the flexibility to say it doesn't even have to be the same day and time as long as I get the 30 minutes. Because it's more about that practicing of Mm -hmm. setting that time and the boundary. Right. And then once you start practicing that, then you can say, oh, actually, I would rather it be this or
0: Mm -hmm. adjust it as you need to
1: change the recipe. First you follow one recipe and then you start to add all kinds of ingredients to it along the (laughs) way. That's a perfect
0: analogy. That's perfect.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I would definitely say the 30 minutes, 30 minutes is a goal that I think Mm. is attainable for anyone who really wants to prioritize practicing Sabbath.
0: I think that's so helpful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing all about how you practice it, how it's looked in your life in the past, how it's looked a little bit now. Just thank you for being open and giving us a peek into that. Now, I know you have your book and I think you have some other resources too, as well on your website. I have all kinds
1: of resources on my, uh, website. I do, I do talk a lot about how to cultivate courage in your life, which, oh, by the way, Sabbath is highly helpful in cultivating courage because when you're exhausted, you're definitely not going to be living with courage. So, and our our courage really comes from God. It's a courage is a virtue. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that's going to grow as we grow in our relationship with him. So yeah. I define, um, a lot of what courage is and when it's not, I do typically provide some really practical resources about different ways to cultivate your courage. Um, and my writing is very reflective. So you're probably going to hear, um, echoes and notes of spiritual formation
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: um, your life and your story and what God's doing through those.
0: They can find that at your website, right?
1: Website, Instagram, those kinds okay, of okay. So things.
0: tell us what those are so we can go All find right. your writing.
1: So my website is Melissa dot and my Instagram is Melissa C. Dyer probably underscore. Yeah. Yes. So you'll probably <laughs> see whatever's hot off the press on Instagram. That's okay. gonna be what's going on right this second. Yes.
0: Great. Yeah. So go go check her out. I'll put the links in the show notes as well that people and a link to your book, because I know, I know being courageous is something that we, a lot of us struggle with. And so we can learn from that and, and apply it. And the practice of Sabbath can help us in doing that as well. So Melissa, before we close, do you mind if I, I pray for us?
1: That'd be great. Thank you. Okay.
0: Father God, thank you so much for Melissa. Thank you for her wisdom and her time and her, just her vulnerability and openness. And she gave us a peek into what Sabbath looks like in her life. Thank you for the ways in which she encouraged us to start small and to just show up and practice Lord, so that we can engage with you and grow in that. And Lord, um, we just ask a blessing on, on her, on the work she's doing through her writing, and Lord, we ask a blessing on those listening right now. I pray that they would, through listening to this episode, I pray that they would just be encouraged to start small, be encouraged to allow their Sabbath practice to ebb and flow with the season of life that they're in. I pray they um, become more in tune with themselves and with who they are in you so that they can worship you in ways that are true to how you design them. And Lord, um, I just ask that you would go with us and be with us this week as we live out this life that you've called us to. And as we reflect you in both our six days of work, but also in our day of rest in your precious and holy name, I pray, amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining us, Melissa. I really, really did appreciate it. And I think this, this conversation has been really beneficial to me. I've learned something. I made myself some notes to, to think about in my own Sabbath practice. And so I know our listeners will have learned a lot today too from this conversation.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. And thank you for listening into today's episode. I'll meet you back here next week as we continue this conversation of how do we implement a Sabbath practice in a culture that is so enslaved to hustle and hurry. Bye. Hey, I just want to say thank you for joining me for today's conversation. I know many things demand your attention and I don't take lightly the privilege it is to share your time. I want to make things as easy and simple for you. So I've linked to all the resources mentioned in the episode in the show notes. And you can always find the links and more helpful information on my website, www.rachelfarenbach.com. As we say our goodbye, let me remind you. That what we're talking about in this podcast is not just another thing to add to your to-do list. This is not another expectation for you to live up to. It is a gift outstretched from the hand of your creator, an invitation to press pause on walking alongside Jesus in all the things he's called you to do, and instead, sit down across from him and just be with him. It is an invitation to simply Sabbath.